0: Hey Guys, welcome to the Cornerstone Podcast. We meet at Thursdays at 7 p.m. where you can fellowship, learn about the Bible, and hear from our lead pastor, Steve Hedlund. We hope to see you there. Okay, guys, let's do this. Let's stand up. We're going to pray. Let me tell you what's going on here. If, if, especially those of you who are new, first timers, can they tell you what you're coming to? This is time we spend time worshiping our favorite person, God of the universe, who is Jesus, and then we open up our Bibles and we learn from the Bible what he has to show us. So we're about about to open our Bibles, and we're expecting the king of the universe, his spirit, is going to speak to our hearts tonight. If you don't want him to speak to you, he's not going to force you. If you want him to speak to you, you are going to hear his voice. He promises that, okay? So let's pray, and let's ask him to speak to us. Holy Spirit, we're asking for your presence in this room right now, that the things that we talk about would be effective in changing our lives and that we would know you better because of your word to us tonight. And so, Lord, would you help me to speak? But I'm I'm aware that I'm not smart enough, I'm not strong enough or funny enough to keep people's attention or to change their lives. We need your Holy Spirit work in us. And so help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, let me tell you where we are. Cornerstone, of course. I know you. Thank you. At the Cornerstone, where, where we've been is the Book of Acts. The Book of Acts is the story of, or the account, the historical account by Doctor Luke of Jesus's Holy Spirit's work through His people in establishing His church. Where we've been so far is Jesus came as a human. God became a human. His name was Jesus. He grew up and died on the cross to pay for the sins of all humanity, but he had a plan that through the payment of sin on the cross for all humanity, he would take back from the devil this planet. And yet, what he did is he paid for this planet to be returned to him, but he entrusted when he left the responsibility of building his kingdom on this planet to the people who loved him. And so that's where we start in the book of Acts. So Jesus left, he entrusts to his people the task of representing him on this planet, taking over this planet, but his means, his method of taking over the planet isn't like any other king who forces his kingdom upon people. Jesus' method of taking over this planet is love. Giving people the opportunity to choose him and never forcing anybody who doesn't want to. And so what we what we saw is The Holy Spirit comes just days after he leaves. The Holy Spirit comes upon the people of God so that they would have the power from him to represent him in Holy Spirit power ways. And so the church explodes. 3,000 people come to him on that day. And then in chapter 3, if you guys remember, there's one day where Peter and John, they're walking to the temple for daily time with the Lord. And... They pass a guy who asked them for money. It's a beggar, a guy who can't walk. And they're like, We don't got any money. But we can we get you got something in the name of Jesus. Stand up and walk. And the guy stands up and is healed mirac- miraculously. And of course, all the people who've seen this guy sitting there at the gate, they come running. They're like, Wow, what's going on here? And so Peter takes the opportunity, stands up, and he says, Hey, let me tell you what's going on here. And he talks about Jesus and he explains how the power was for this guy to walk. And the guys who were in charge of the temple don't like what's going on very well because they had just put Jesus to death about 55 or so days before. And they're like, hold on, hold on. We, we don't want you doing this. And so they grab Peter and John and since it's late in the evening remember they throw him in jail. Remember this? The next day they pull him out and they bring him into kind of a, a makeshift court situation and they say, look, we don't want you talking about Jesus anymore, do you understand? And you guys remember the response? The response is I know you don't want us talking about Jesus anymore, but we're gonna obey Jesus instead of you. So see you later. So here's what that's that's where we ended. And we're picking up in chapter four, verse 23. Okay? And here's what here's where we're going with this tonight is as I read through the book of Acts, I'm thinking, I want what they got at the cornerstone and at UTA and at Grace Community Church. I don't want to just read about it. I don't want to just hear about it, what's happened in other countries. I want it in my own life, I want it here. And so as we're reading through Acts, I want you guys to be thinking about what, what does it take to experience at the cornerstone and in my life and in your life what these people were experiencing back then? Or is it possible that that's just not for us now? Is that possible that God was just moving back then? He's not moving now? No, God's moving now. And I think we're going to learn something tonight about how these people responded to the persecution that they faced that opened the door for Holy Spirit power and explosion of the church. Okay, so verse 23. Verse 23. On their release, remember who we're talking about? Peter and John, right? They've been in prison. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported, reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Okay, here's what I want you guys to notice. They get released from these guys who did put them in jail the night before. And I want you to notice where they go. They don't go home. Remember where their home is. Where's their home? Where are these guys from? Not what? L.A.? That's California. No, they're in Darington. They're in Israel. Where, where in Israel are they from? I know you didn't say LA. Galilee. Galilee, okay. Galilee. They're from Galilee. They're from way up north. They're from way up north, and they get out. They get released, <coughs> and you, instead of running home or running to the bar or running to Facebook to, to put up some rant about how bad they were treated or instead of running to get some movie to make them feel well, instead... They go, see what it says? They go back to their people. They go to church. It's not just a church. But they go to the cornerstone. They go to the community of people who love God. They go to the community of people who love God. And even though they pour out their hearts to that community, telling them about what happened, what, what their motivation is, in telling everybody what happened. See, it says they, they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said. But their motivation isn't all about, oh, poor me. I can't believe what they did to me. That wasn't very nice. You guys know what that's like? You guys been around those people before? Here's the deal, guys. We've all been treated really, really badly. Some of you guys got treated badly today. Who got treated badly today? Oh, not very many. a couple of you. Okay. Okay. Here's the deal. Don't be surprised. Jesus told us, we would have lots and lots of trouble. The kingdom of heaven is being built by the people in this room in powerful ways. Jesus is building his kingdom through us. And you thought it was going to go without a fight? (laughs) Jesus is building his kingdom through you, and there is going to be all kinds of resistance. Of course you had tough situations today or this week. My question is, if you didn't, then maybe you're going with the flow. It's expected that you're going to have tough things going on if you're following Jesus because the world is going to stand against you. It is hard, and my heart hurts about it. It is hard because even this week, I've had things thrown at me that are painful. It's painful. It hurts to have people reject you and to tell you how you're doing. We're trying so hard, right? I'm trying to live my life with all of my time, all of my energy, all of my money, everything for the glory of Jesus. And no matter how hard I try to do that, there's still people sitting sit on the sidelines going, nice try, buddy, right? You guys know what I'm talking about because you've experienced the same thing. We're trying to follow Jesus and people still oppose us. Oh, when hard times come and there's opposition against you people in this room, my invitation to you is come to the cornerstone. Come and be with God's people. Not just to tell them how mean everybody is out there or how bad your boss is. But you come you come to the cornerstone so that you respond the way that these people responded. Peter and John get released. They go back to their people. And look what happens. They don't whine about what happened. Verse 24. This is what happens. They tell what happened. And when they heard this, that is the, the cornerstoners, or the equivalent the people of God, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. That's why we got the prayer room upstairs. That's why we got the G.R. It's like, man, things are tough, like they're supposed to be if you're following Jesus, because the world is going to oppose you. So what do we do? Go to Facebook and rant. not. We go... Of God and we raise our voices together in prayer to God sovereign Lord look at this verse 24 sovereign Lord they said you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them you spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant our father David and then they quote whoever's praying here they, they quote from Psalm 2 why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together. This is still their prayer, okay? They're praying this. They met, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the leaders of Israel in this city. What city is it? Not Arlington. Jerusalem. In this city of Jerusalem. And they conspired against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. This is a prayer. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and to perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So again, what do the people of God do when they hear the report of what had happened to Peter and John? They pray. They pray. And they don't start to rant about how unfair that everybody's been treated. They go to God in prayer. And okay, I want. here's what we're going to do. I want the results that they get. So I want us to pray the way that they pray. So there's some things that I want you guys to notice about how they prayed. So first of all, can you, do you see in there what they were asking for? Boldness, exactly. Verse 29. This is their prayer. They pray a bunch of stuff. But the actual request is just a small part of that. Lord, consider their threats. Verse 29. Consider their threats and enable your servants, enable us, your people, to speak your word with great boldness. And God, we're asking you to enable us to speak your word with great boldness. And would you stretch out your hand to heal and to perform miraculous signs through your holy servant Jesus, through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Okay, they don't whine. They ask God to do something really specific. Okay, so, But before they ask God for something, they, before they ask God for these two things, before they ask for boldness and miraculous sons they mention four things. You guys see what those are? first one is in verse 24. They first mention God's sovereignty. You see that? They say, Sovereign Lord sovereign Lord. That is, they tell God in prayer that they know that he's in control. They address him that way. And they call him Lord all the time. The, the, the word here is different, different kind of word. Here it's like the, the, they use a word of, of sovereignty. God is in control. They know it and they want him to know that they know it. So what's that mean for us? As far as how we pray. If we want the results that they got. We want to pray the way that they pray. So what it means for us is this. When we pray, guys, when we're praying, when you're praying, you pray today, you're praying tonight. We should pray to his community just now. We're gonna pray as a community later on. When we pray, we got to, we must have total confidence that God is in control and He can do anything that He wants. But so often, he doesn't do what he wants to do unless we ask him. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, would your kingdom come? Would your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? In other words, would you do the things that you want to do because we're asking? Jesus taught us to pray that way. And so often, he doesn't do what he wants to do unless, we're, unless we say, God, would you do this? Because what God wants is partnership with us where we ask and he responds this confidence we need that God is in total control and that because he's in control because (coughs) we ask for it that the outcome is going to be good okay so here's my question for you guys can you guys hear me in the back there this microphone sounds funny no okay here's the question are you guys confident of God's sovereignty you guys are praying, are you confident that he's really in control of this, that he really can can change things? Let me ask you to think about, what is the number one thing that you're asking God for right now? And how confident are you that he's got this under control? You guys know my son Kyle, right? (laughs) Who knows Kyle? (laughs) He's a great kid. He's 16 years old, and right now he's in Japan. He's in Japan, the town where Mia's from. Okay, so he's over there in Japan, and um, he's he's taken a semester, he's a junior in high school, he's taking a semester off to be over there, um, because he's, gonna, he's in Hita for a while, and then he's going down to a little island about the size of Arlington, and he's going to be there for an- another couple of months, where Joe and Kiana are. Joe and Kiana, Kiana's my daughter, and Joe's the guy who used to be my intern, and we got them married back in May. <laughs> <laughs> so, cal has been preparing for this, he's been working hard, trying to get the money, so he can take a trip, you spend the semester over there, of course, he's number four in his school, in his class. Um, and so I'm like, but have yeah, nice question about his trip. I'm like, buddy, so you think you're not gonna lose your ranking in your number four in the class, you're gonna take a semester off doing online classes from there and you're still gonna be able to keep your rank. Dad, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've, said, I've said, okay, now, you know, I've asked a lot of questions, you know, so you gotta, you gotta figure out who's picking you up at the airport, Dad, I got this. <laughs> I'm like, man, you know, you gotta pay your host family at least ten bucks a day to stay with them. You know what he said, right? <laughs> so this has been his chant. and of course, if you were the dad of a sixteen-year-old, and he was going overseas to a country that were into a place where he can't communicate in English. Of course, he speaks Japanese pretty well, but he he's over there for two and a half months, and he said, to you?" How would you respond? Okay. You know what, here's the deal. My my response to him when he's been going, Dad, I got this is completely or almost completely dependent on how much I trust Kyle. And because I do trust him, and because he's a great kid, even though he doesn't got all the things he got, I hope he's not listening to the podcast for anything. Um, even, even though I do trust him, and because I do trust him, I don't keep asking him the same question again and again. He said, I got this, and you know what I did? I said, okay, I trust you. And the truth is, he doesn't got it all learn the hard way, and that's okay with me. I just hope he doesn't die while he's there. (laughs) I hope he doesn't. Um, But guys, the same is true in a response to God. The word of the Lord to some of you tonight is, I got this, guys. I got it. God says to us every day, I got you. I got it covered. The difference between Kyle and God. Because God's really got it. And that's part of the reason why I can trust my son Kyle to go to Japan. Because I know God's got him. God's got him. And I'm so confident of that, I'm not worried at all. You know, I know some of you guys have told me I need to be a little more worried, but what's there to worry about? You know, God's got it. God's got it under control. And good things are going to happen in my son's life. Amen. I'm skip over these words, they, they start their prayer by saying, Sovereign, Lord, you know what they're saying? God has this situation too. Yeah. And what I'm telling you guys is God's got your situation in that. Whatever happened to you today or yesterday or whatever you're going through, God's got it. Amen. He is sovereign. Yeah. And he hasn't lost his control, even though your life might feel out of control sometimes. Okay, second thing that you guys, I want you guys to notice here in this prayer. In verse 24, the sovereignty, and then they mention this sovereign Lord. You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They mention creation. Why are they mentioning creation? What is that? Because He made it. That's right. Why? Why are they mentioning this? They're praying. They just been. They just got thrown in jail. They've been warned not to talk about Jesus anymore. Now they come back and they say, Sovereign Lord, You made the world. Here's here's the reason. They're saying. This is your deal. Yeah. This is your world. And these people aren't doing very nice things in your world. Okay? And it's kind of like, few years, you know, we got these discipleship houses. Who lives in one of our discipleship houses? We got, 30, we got 32 people in our discipleship housing. Um, a while back at Lionheart, several years ago, he's not around anymore, so I won't embarrass him, but this guy used to live at Lionheart, and he was just mad at the world. You notice how many times people are mad at the world and they mess up their own lives on their own and then they're mad at somebody else? Right? So he kind of messed up a lot of things and so he's mad at everybody. And so, of course, when you're mad at everybody, you go to Facebook and let everybody know that you're mad at everybody. So he gets on Facebook and, tell and lists all the things that are wrong with our discipleship program and our discipleship house and with the Cornerstone and with me. Nice! That's what I got from buying my house. Okay. And so somebody comes and says, me. You, you, you need to know about what this guy's writing about you because it's your house. And Lord, you got the responsibility to take care of this thing. It's your, it's your problem because it's your house. Okay, this is what these guys are doing to, to God. They're coming and saying, "God, this is your world," <laughs> and these people are disrespecting you and disrespecting your people. But it's your place. And so, what are you going to do about it, Lord? What are you going to do about this thing? Yes, here's here's the takeaway for us. When you pray, when you pray, you be certain that God's in control. But you also pray along these lines. You pray asking God to help because, God, we're asking you to help your program. It's your program, Lord. I mean, there's so many things that I want to happen here at the Cornerstone and in Japan and in the Philippines. And today I got an invitation to go to Dubai. Anybody want to go to Dubai with me? Okay, we're going to uh, go. Okay, good. There's my team right there. Okay. want I find in the Philippines and in Japan and in, in Kerala. And I come, Lord, and I'm like, it's your deal, Lord. It's your deal. So I'm asking you to provide for your program. This is your world. This is your world. And so here's what I want to ask you guys. As you think about what you're asking God for in your life right now, how does it line up? Does, does the thing that you're asking God for in your life right now, does it line up with what he wants? Can you say, God, I want this thing because it's your program? Or as you think about the thing that you're asking him for, are you saying, God, I want this thing because it'd be are looking for my program? You guys hear what I'm saying? Okay, so what we learn from this prayer is they pray along the lines of, this is your deal, God. So aren't you going to do something about it? He's honored when we pray that way. Okay, they mention something else. So they mention his sovereignty. They mentioned creation, meaning this, you created this thing and it's your deal. Then they mentioned Psalm 2. Verse, chapter 4, Acts 4, 25, they mention Psalm 2. They say this, you spoke, oh God, by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And then they quote Psalm 2. Why do, the, why do the nations rage the people plot in vain? Why are they, why are they making such a big deal? Because they're going to lose. and It's in vain that they're attacking us. It's the point of Psalm 2. Mm-hmm. The kings of the earth take their stand the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Okay. Why are they mentioning Psalm 2? Say it again? It seems like everybody's coming against this plan of God. They're reminding themselves in prayer of what God had promised a thousand years before about what was going to happen. And right here, they don't quote the whole psalm. But if you read the rest of the psalm, if you read what they're quoting, you read the rest of the psalm, and you find out it's, yeah, they, they, all these nations, the rulers of the world, they're taking their stand against the Lord and against his anointed one. How do you say anointed one in Hebrew? Messiah. How do you say anointed one in Greek? Greek. Christ. Christ. Okay, well the point is that that these people, these rulers of the world are taking their stand against God and his Christ. His physical representation here on planet earth, Jesus Christ. These rulers are taking the stand against him but the rest of the psalm that isn't quoted here is that they lose. All those bad guys who are rebelling, standing against the king, they lose. So, what they're doing here as they pray this, they're praying, quoting scripture. Guys, when you're praying, this is a great way to pray. Let's quote the scripture. Let's remind God of what He's already promised is going to happen. He likes it when we do that. God, you said that you win, and you put me here to help you win, so let's do it. Okay, so as you think about what you're praying for right now, can you use scripture to back up what you're asking God to do? I hope so. Take the scripture. Memorize the scripture. I'm begging you to memorize the scripture. I don't know how I can if the doctor gives you the what do you call it? Prescription. Prescription. or you don't know how to memorize, please talk to me. I want you guys to memorize the scripture so that when you're praying and you're in the situation and people are attacking you and you don't have time to open up your Bible and look for the (laughs) verse somewhere, you got it right here. So you memorize the scripture using scripture in your prayers. Okay. So they mentioned his sovereignty. They mentioned, what was the second thing they mentioned? He He owns the program. They mentioned... Scripture, using Scripture in the prayers. And the fourth thing to mention is Herod and Pilate. Verse 27. Indeed, Herod and Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people in this city, Jerusalem, to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Okay, why do you think they mention Herod and Pilate? Why? I mean, all this stuff. Why don't they just cut at the chase and, and ask their request for boldness and Holy Spirit power? They mention Herod and Pilate for a purpose. Say again? Oh, I said King Herod. That's King Herod, right? King Herod. Well, um, they, some, sometimes they call him King. He was actually the son of the big King Herod. But yeah, so they are, they, are, they mention this. Here's the reason they mention it, guys. They mention it because what they're saying is they recognize that the opposition <laughs> that they've experienced and that Jesus experienced, as bad as it was, is a part of what God was going to use to bring my kid. Isn't that right? Isn't it? Herod yeah. and Pilate and their terrible. in your life right now. You can sit and whine about it All things together for your good. Yes, thank you. I got one of yes. those. Good guys. When we pray, let's pray with this in mind. God, you got a bigger plan for me. Whatever my professor did, whatever my boss did, whatever my mom, my mom did, whatever my ex girlfriend did, you got a plan for me that you're going to bring about for good because I trust you. And then they mentioned those four things. They mentioned His sovereignty. They mentioned this thing belongs to Him. What's the third thing? They mentioned scripture. They mentioned mention the opposition. And when they ask, when they mention all those things, then they're like, okay, now all we need, Lord, is we need boldness and we need you to show your power. Let's go. Notice they don't ask for safety. Like, God, that was really hard. Would you please give us safety so we don't have to do that ever again? Would you please give us a new church building that's not this They don't pray that they ask for boldness because they are on the, op- the op- they're on the on the a- attacking side they're not the defense they're the offense that's what i was looking for. Thank man thank you guys all you guys that speak English better than me thank you okay guys some of us are missing out on what God wants to do through our prayers, because some of us are asking God to get us out of the job that we got, or out of the house that we're living in, or out, out of some situation, and God may have a plan to use that situation for His glory. What if we prayed? What if every one of us tonight, instead of asking God to get us out of the situation, what if we what if we prayed for boldness for for work tomorrow? Boldness for your class tomorrow. Boldness for the situation with the people in your family. You're asking for boldness. Not being obnoxious, but being bold, full of courage, and asking God's Holy Spirit power to come. I want you guys to see what happens when they pray this way. Look at verse 31. After they pray, so they pray. And of course, this is a summary of their prayers. I don't think is one person praying with a microphone. This is everybody's praying. Because they know what's going to happen if they don't pray. So they're praying. After they pray, the place where they, they were meeting was shaken. I'm, sp- Spartan, I got up at 6 a.m. and I'm ready through this and I'm thinking, what does that look like? What would the corner, what would that? it's this as a good thing. I want Holy Spirit power here. I think what this is talking about is the whole community was affected by the Holy Spirit. And then it says it, and they were all filled with Holy Spirit. Remember, he always fills you to the degree that he, that you need his power to do what he's called you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't work if you just want filling but don't want to out, output. Okay, this is a mistake that so many people make. Is Jesus, give me more and more of you, but they don't pour it out. Right. So, Holy Spirit power equals the need for ministry at the time. But what it would it be like if every one of us in this room was committed to fulfilling the call in our lives, and we turn to God and say, "Okay, now we need the Holy Spirit power. Every one of them says they were all circle that word all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm praying for at the cornerstone. That every one of us be filled to, to capacity with Holy Spirit power today. Tomorrow we need more. The next day we need more. I mean, this is not something that happens one time and that we just, it's not like an antibiotic pill that we take once and now we're good to go. It's like vitamins. Day after day after day after day, Holy Spirit filling in our lives. Okay? Look at what else happened. And they spoke the word boldly. So the place was shaken. It's Holy Spirit power for the group. They were all filled with Holy Spirit. That's Holy Spirit power for an angel. Then they spoke the word boldly. Guys, this is courage. When the Holy Spirit comes upon the people of God. They're not afraid of anything. They're ready to go. Verse 32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. You know what happens? What do you call that, one heart and mind? Unity. It's unity. unity. It's unity. It doesn't mean that we agree on everything. That's okay. We agree on the most important thing. That's that Jesus matters than any of those things that we might argue about. Does that make sense? Unity. They were all one in heart and mind. And no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything that they had. What do? You, what's that? It's giving. What's the word that we use for giving? Generosity, generosity, generosity happens when people respond well to the persecution that's against them. Okay, verse 33. With great power, the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. What do you call that? What do you call the, the pe- pe- people who are willing to go across here and testify with power How about Jesus? Guys, this is this what I want you to write down. Power evangelism. Not like, um, I, I got to share my faith, and I don't really want to, but I better do it or Steve's going to guilt me, so I better to share. Guys, these guys are bold. It's like, I'm going to tell everybody who I meet what Jesus has done for me. Yes. What has Jesus done for you? If Jesus hasn't done anything for you, then please don't tell anybody that, what you think you're supposed to say. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, if we just get to people who, who have experienced Holy Spirit power in their life to tell everybody and get everybody else to not try to tell them, it helps. Okay? So you guys, experience God and tell the world. And much grace was upon them. guess guys, what does that mean? You guys see this in the second part verse verse three? Much grace was on them. Could it be said from people that came in this place who maybe they didn't even know Jesus that a lot of grace was on those people? Now they want to use those words. Because there's grace on this community of people. Yeah. But I want to say not enough. We need more, we need more, we need more, we need more. Because we haven't seen anything yet. God's preparing us for something that the grace upon us is about the gifting of every person in this room being used to the maximum. Grace upon us. The power and presence of God in my life and in your life to do everything that he's called us to do and to be everything he's called us to be. That's grace. That's grace upon our lives. And the verse 34 There was no needy person among them. This is generosity, but it's past that. It's more than that. But from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostle's feet. And it was distributed to everyone as he had eaten. You know what this is all describing? This is describing community. It's like, oh, I got a brother who doesn't have food to eat. And I'm going to buy myself a $5 Starbucks How can I do that? Mm -hmm. What's going on here? What what happened here is that there was such Holy Spirit power because of the response that the people had towards the persecution that was thrown at them that affected everybody. Mm -hmm. And they liked it. Mm -hmm. And I want it. So here's my question. Do you guys want that cornerstone? Do you guys want it? (laughs) What I want us to get list that we're talking about tonight, is that that atmosphere that's just recorded from verse 31 to 34 only came about through how the persecuted people of God responded to the persecution they faced. Understand? They responded to the attack that came against them in a way that brought that about. They didn't try to get out of it. They didn't retaliate they didn't try to defend themselves. Instead, so they reminded themselves in prayer about the truth of God and of his word. And then all of them asked for boldness and Holy Spirit power. And he answered them. And he gave them what they asked for. And the church was strengthened because they asked. And those people who were strengthened, they went out Told people about what Jesus had done. Who told people about what Jesus had done? Who told people about what Jesus had done? Down the line until you guys hear the cornerstone, because of how they responded to persecution. You know Jesus. It's a good thing. So guys, this is what we're gonna do right now. We're gonna stand up and we're gonna pray. Some of you guys are going through the persecution right now, and one thing that we're gonna start doing here at the cornerstone is we um, every. Thursday night, as we're finishing, we're going to have a time of prayer for those who need prayer up in the prayer room upstairs. So which of our which of our um, small group leaders are, are headed upstairs to pray right now? Okay? okay you guys are going up to pray? Okay. So you guys, you guys anybody who needs specific prayer, we're going to pray for everybody right now. But if you need specific prayer, everybody can go up to the prayer room after we get done praying. They're going to be, be up there ready to pray for you guys specifically about the needs that you have. Okay? Amen? Okay, guys, stand up, let's pray. Let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we are asking that you would do the things that you want to do because this is your place. This is your building. You made the heavens and the earth. You created this thing. It's your program. And so we're asking that you would give us boldness, that you give me boldness, that you give the people in this room boldness, and that you would stretch out your hand to heal and to perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus for Jesus' sake. Because Lord Jesus, you paid on the cross with your blood for the lives of all people. And here we are, this community of people, wanting to serve you with everything we've got. That even now, as we think about what's going to be happening the rest of this semester, and this summer, and for the rest of our lives, that whether we're supposed to go to Japan this summer, or to Africa, or to Dubai, or whatever it is, Lord, here we are to serve you. Would you train us, polish us, mold us, and Lord, would you discipline us so that we respond to the persecution and the attacks that are thrown at us in a way that brings you glory. Glory to your name, oh God. Thank you. Thank you for my friends here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Cornerstone family, for tuning in. We'll see you next time.